Marcus Stroman, Pete Alonso, and Jung Hu Lee. It's certainly not Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto and even Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, but how realistic would an offseason of those three players be for the San Francisco Giants? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspick, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So please check us out there if you have not already, and hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. And coming up on today's show, because there were no Giants rumors or moves that happened in the last 24 hours, we are, in fact, like I promised, going to get back into some mailbag questions, and we've got a lot more in case nothing happens in the days leading up to the winter meetings, which are, you know, they get underway next Monday. And so we're close to activity and possibly some moves for your giants. But uh, just jumping right into the mailbag questions, you know, it's all about players and acquisitions. Uh, the first question comes from Nelson, who says, how realistic would a Marcus Stroman Pete Alonso and Jung Hu Lee offseason B. Obviously not what we want primarily, but definitely upgrades. And so um, I'm just going to straight up answer it and say that I think, I mean, how realistic it's hard to pin down three specific players and say like that it's likely that that specific combination of three players is going to happen. But in terms of like, could the Giants acquire all three of those players realistically? Yes. And is it not Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto and all the big names at the top? Would it mean another kind of rejection by top free agents who they're almost certainly pursuing? Yes, it would. But at the same time, it would represent an upgrade. Um, there are some snags that I find with it. Um, specifically... Uh, Specifically, like Pete Alonso, who could very well be traded this offseason, very well may not be traded. But if he is traded to the Giants, I guess I suppose that maybe in the trade, you know, a player like uh, Lamont Wade Jr. could be desirable to the New York Mets. Like, I honestly wonder, like, if Wilmer Flores and Lamont Wade Jr. would make up a significant chunk of a trade there and the reason Alonzo's value is not extremely high is even though he's a really really good player is because he's entering the last year of team control and so guys like Wade have many years left of team control and Wilmer Flores has two years left of team control and so those two players alone probably are closer than you'd think to actually being fair value for Pete Alonzo I, I I think it would be short but at the same time, what I'm trying to say is like, unless you include Lamont Wade Jr. in this trade, then it creates a problem. And so then 
how realistic is it that that's your off season? Unless Wade is in the trade, then it's not totally realistic to me because suddenly you've got uh, too many players at a position and you can't really move Wade to the outfield uh, because they're already crowded in the outfield. But it just in terms of these players, I think all three are kind of, well, no, I think, um, I don't know, Alonzo very well could be a real target for them. I mean, that's one of the things about trades is that you... I think you have a little bit more control as a team because the as long as you offer the best proposal, then the team on the other side takes your offer. Whereas you could make the best offer to a player in free agency and they're not necessarily going to take it because for whatever reason that they, they want to play somewhere else. And, you know, I think we know Marcus Stroman. He literally Marcus Stroman literally said he'd love to play for the Giants one day. He was super impressed by um, their that when they courted him last time he was a free agent a few years ago, and he ended up saying later on, like after he signed with the Cubs, that he'd love to play for the Giants one day. So <laughs> that definitely makes him a realistic possibility. Although he's, I view him more as like a mid rotation starter as opposed to frontline. And they've kind of expressed that they're looking for frontline guys. And so, like I said, these would be kind of fallback options once if Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto kind of sign elsewhere and maybe Cody Bellinger signs elsewhere, then this is kind of like a solid plan B. And I think people would be excited about Jung Hu Lee and like the, the mystique of like a player that was really, really good in Korea, but hasn't, we don't know what he's going to do here. And he's only 25 and he's, uh, you know, the grandson of the wind, I think is his nickname. So fast and athletic. And Pete Alonso is a 40 home run hitter. And Marcus Stroman would just add to a already solidly, a, a rotation that's already got a solid foundation with Logan Webb and uh, Alex Cobb and Kyle Harrison, uh, but obviously need some work, I think, to to make it stronger. I think there that wouldn't be enough in the rotation, in my opinion. But it would it would certainly this would like you said it would be upgrades at all three positions. And so anyway, the next question comes from. Uh, Prathik, who says, what are the chances of the Giants signing Marcus Stroman? Webb, Cobb, Stroman makes us a ground ball super rotation. And you're absolutely right. These three are like always among the leaders in the league. Often, you know, number one, I think Logan Webb was number one. We've had Alex Cobb at like number two. Stroman has been very much near the top. And so, yeah, I mean, if you, if you ended up signing Stroman and you, what was the question? Is it how realistic? What are the chances of the Giants signing Stroman? Like I said, I think that first they're looking at frontline guys. They're looking at a rare opportunity with Yoshinobu Yamamoto because he's 25 years old. He's in, he's coming out of the, um, Japanese league and he has been the best pitcher there. He's won three straight, uh, the equivalent of Cy Young awards and is like I said, 25 years old. And it's just super rare that you get a guy who has like not just necessarily ace potential, but potentially is an ace already at the major league level. 
who's 25. Like it just doesn't happen where those players become available in free agency. And so that's what you've got there. And so I think they're going to, they're going to pursue that type of player first before you fall back. I do like kind of the, the mid, I don't really even want to call them mid tier, but mid tier of this free agent class, uh, starting pitchers like Eduardo Rodriguez and Marcus Stroman. And there are a couple of others that are in that mix as well. Um, so I would say I wouldn't expect like tomorrow a Marcus Stroman signing. I don't know if they would be willing and open and financially financially willing to go like Stroman and a Yamamoto and then also make ma- major upgrades on offense. So I think you I think you wait on Yamamoto and maybe Snell as well and if those guys fall off the board then you kind of maybe turn to some of these guys like Eduardo Rodriguez and Stroman and uh, Seth Lugo, guys like that who are solid kind of mid-rotation starters. So anyway, chances are decent, but I think aim higher, aim higher. Although in a perfect world, aim higher and get a mid, you know, a Marcus Stroman as well, and make yourself just super strong in that starting rotation while leaving some room for some younger players as well. And I think that that would be possible by doing, by adding two starters. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, more questions and answers. The next one is going to be about Luis Matos, kind of the forgotten guy when we talk about the outfield in 2024 and beyond. So, what's the future for Luis Matos specifically next year? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's numero uno. Estoy en Mexico. I'm in Mexico. Number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And I've been kind of telling you this in secret it's not such a secret that uh it doesn't have to be your favorite team because the 49ers of course this upcoming sunday are playing the eagles who are what 10 and 1 or something so uh you know you could just i would i wouldn't pick the eagles because the 49ers are good enough to beat them but uh you could place that five dollar bet on any team and if that team wins the money line bet then you get $150 in bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on. The app is super easy to use, as you would expect from America's number one sports book. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So again, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, here we go. We are going to get into more questions and answers. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, thank you for being an everydayer. And tomorrow on the show, hopefully, you know, the week before the winter meetings, stuff does tend to happen. Um, and so any moment, you know, we could get a very juicy rumor or even a move by the Giants. Um, and so we'll be looking out for that. And if any of that happens, of course, that will be priority numero uno. Uh, but otherwise we will continue running through our mailbag questions. We've got a lot of variety and then, and then next week is the winter meetings and it's going to be mayhem. I promise you mayhem. Okay. Maybe not a promise, but I, I promise you at least 
a 75% chance of mayhem in a week. Okay, so anyway, I also have to tell you about something new. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories in sports of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, continuing on with the mailbag questions. Roz916 asks, what do you think happens with Luis Matos in 2024? He is blocked by a large outfield core ahead of him, uh, and Giants are still adding. Full season in AAA starting, bench roll, or trade. So I'm going to just give, I don't, it's not the backstory, but just kind of the, the current state of the Giants outfield. And I think you nailed it in the sense that they are, in fact, like, there's there's already a large group of players who are outfielders on the Giants. And then you've also got, um, the Giants stating a, a desire to improve at the center field position. And so Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater, they already agreed to terms on a 2024 contract. That is a good thing. You need complementary players. You, you can't just have stars and scrubs. You're not going to have a roster of 13 position player stars. You need complementary players, and these two are good complementary players and they take up to me one outfield spot as a platoon uh and it's a good platoon they're both good against opposite handed pitching but then you get into the more problematic kind of outfield mix with michael conforto and mitch hanniger uh given hanniger just had a miserable season and michael conforto had a mediocre season and so conforto opted in he's entering the last year of his contract Mitch Hanniger has an opt-out after this upcoming season. Uh, he's had some monster years. And so, like, I wouldn't put it past him to turn it around and have a much better season than he just did. But at the same time, it was troubling how bad he was in 2023. Uh, and on top of those guys, you've got, I guess that's kind of, is that kind of it? I got to scroll down to guys who are, like, ended the year on the injured list. Blake Sable, is his Rule 5 status is over, and so he can be optioned now, and so that kind of makes the path for a Luis Matos easier. Uh, Tyler Fitzgerald ended the year in the majors on the 40-man, and so he's in the mix as well. But basically, Jock Peterson is a free agent, and so I think that, um, and Farhan Zaidi maybe even has said this, that, Conforto and or Hanniger are going to see significant time at the DH spot. And so that does kind of open up a, I mean, it, like if you just straight up platoon Hanniger and Conforto, Hanniger, there's no reason he should be a platoon player given his history of platoon splits. They just, he's good against both righties and lefties. Just we just didn't see that version of him last year. So maybe he starts off that way, and then if he is doing awesome, then he earns more playing time. And these things have a way of kind of working themselves out. Injuries happen, etc. But let's just say they kind of become your full-time DH options in a platoon there. Uh 
then you've got Yastrzemski and Slater in a corner. You make your upgrade in center field. And then left field, as far as I can tell, looking through the roster, left field is then open for a player like Luis Matos. And so there is a way uh, to make room for him. But in terms of your question was like, what do you, what do I think happens there? Um, I was not impressed with his defense in center. And so I do view him as a corner guy. And I, I think that they're looking to make a more long-term move at the center field position, whether it's Cody Bellinger or Jung-Hoo Lee. I think one of those two guys, and if not either of those two guys, then maybe a trade for a center field, like a true center fielder uh, who can play really good defense at that premium position. So I would guess, though, that it's either between... uh, I mean, when you, you said what playing the full season, full season in AAA, that's the thing. Injuries happen, underperformance happens, and so you know, there's none of the none of the outfielders can really be optioned when we're talking about Yastrzemski and Slater and Conforto and Haniger, and so and who assume you know, let's assume they sign Bellinger or Jung Hoo Lee or something. Um, those guys aren't aren't able to be optioned either. And so it would be an injury and injuries happen. And so he might start the season in AAA, but I would put like a ton of money if he started the season in AAA on him having major league playing time in 2024 because people get hurt and he would be one of the top options to fill in. He basically held his own at the age of 21 at the major league level as a totally pure rookie. I think he needs to get stronger. I think he he hits a lot of balls like kind of well and at a good trajectory, but he just doesn't hit them hard enough. But, um, you know, he only struck out 13% of the time. He had a really good kind of eye at the plate, made a lot of contact. So I think the future is still really bright for Matos, and I don't see him spending the whole year at AAA with no major league time. I also don't see them trading him. I think they could, but I don't see it as likely. And, you know, they have, I think, more of a need for position players, and Matos has the potential to be a good one. Keep in mind, like I said, he was only 21 years old this year. He's still only 21. He turns 22 in January, in late January. And so, you know, a little bit of patience will go a long way with young players sometimes. And like I said, he held his own. He wasn't overmatched at the plate and threw up solid at bats left and right. And so of the three possibilities you mentioned... Full season triple. I don't think bench roll. I don't think that's good for him. No, uh, to be sitting on the bench. I think either he's playing in left, and maybe you know there's a platoon that happens. Maybe Conforto and and Matos platoon a little bit, and Hanniger is more of a full time DH. I know he struggled so much, but historically he's been a really good hitter. So there's a lot of flexibility, but. I don't, I don't think this is the right guy to trade. I think you, you really desperately need young position players to establish themselves on the Giants, and he's one of the top guys to potentially do that. So 
that's my view on that. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk an, about another young player. I do think that when we talk about trades, pitching is a more likely source from which the Giants would make a significant trade. And so there is a question coming up in just a minute about a, a trade that's larger than just these two players, but involving Kyle Harrison for Juan Soto. And would I consider it? So I will answer that question and more in just a minute. And before we get into that. All right, here we go. We are going to answer this question about would I do this trade that involves Kyle Harrison and one Kyle Harrison for Juan Soto plus some other factors and some other questions as well. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're going to be doing we're going to be continuing to run through these awesome mailbag questions if there's no juicy rumors or moves that get made by the Giants. And that's kind of going to be the case throughout the rest of the week as we're on high alert. Uh, because the winter meetings coming up means activity is about the bubble is about to burst in terms of activity in major league baseball. So I can't wait. It's a great time of year to be a fan and it's a great time of year to be coming back every day. So thanks for being an everydayer. If you are an everydayer, thank you. Next question is from Yoki who says, would you consider or reconsider, excuse me, reconsider that's the first i've read this several times and i didn't notice you said so i think i remember ask, answering a question about kyle harrison for juan soto and i think i just basically said no i'm not trading kyle harrison and his six years of team control for one year of juan soto when i know juan Soto's not gonna uh you know sign an extension prior to free agency it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to give up so many years of a player with so much potential for one year of a player, especially when like Juan Soto alone, there's no guarantee he takes the Giants where they need to get to even into the playoffs. And then in baseball, the playoffs are a crapshoot, in my humble opinion. And, you know, even if you get to the playoffs, you might make the wild card round and lose two games and then your season's over and you've given up Kyle Harrison and six years of him. And Soto leaves. Then what? You know, you're in a, that's just, they're just not in the position where that's a good thing for them. So when you're asking, would I reconsider? You're maybe changing it up on me. And what you say is, would you reconsider trading Kyle Harrison for Juan Soto if the Padres will take on Ross Stripling's money and other prospects below the top 12? So I, I'm slightly confused on. Are you saying the Padres are giving up other prospects below the top 12? Or do the Giants have to give up more than just Kyle Harrison here? Because even if it was Kyle Harrison and Ross Stripling with his contract for Juan Soto, that's still a no for me. That is still a no for me. And I, I just thought I'd run it by the website, baseballtradevalues.com, which I do not encourage that you take at face value, but it is... Uh, roughly some, you know, like it, it, sometimes it, there are just major misses sometimes. And like, there's so much context that, that goes in, that needs to go into this, that this website just doesn't have. It's just like numerical based. And according to this website, Juan Soto for Kyle Harrison and Ross Stripling, if we click validate trade, it says this appears to be a fair 
trade proposal for each team. Um, it used to say something like the trade has been accepted, but it doesn't say that now. It says the Giants get off, kind of get come away like slightly better on this trade. Basically, the they placed a numerical value Juan Soto at twenty two point nine and Kyle Harrison at twenty eight point one, but negative seven point two for Ross Stripling, and so that reflects the underwater nature of Ross Stripling's deal but the the reason i say no so quickly there is because i mean first of all i don't care a, a lick about the giants ownership saving 12 million dollars right like and neither should any fan and so the only way that that matters is if they then meaningfully spend 12 and a half million excuse me that money but they, I don't think $12.5 million should be holding them back from anything of significance. And we talked about why yesterday. Um, because, yeah, maybe this year they already have close to $150 million committed, about $50 million short of where they were last year. So that there's still certainly room to add. But uh, beyond 2024, they have... Almost no commitments. They're one of, in the bottom third of the league in terms of, you know, uh, guaranteed contracts for 2025. In 2026 and beyond, it's just Logan Webb. That's the only player who has a guaranteed contract. So clearing money for 2024 for me does nothing. Like as a fan, you should just, the, you don't, the team, this is what teams that like that like the A's and the Rays have to do. This is not what the San Francisco Giants should have to do. It's like, oh, take our player who who's only under con- contract for one season at twelve and a half million. Twelve and a half million is not even that big of a number in in this game. Uh, so it doesn't make me reconsider at all. I still come away with the exact same reaction, which is. You're giving up, and I get it. Juan Soto is better than Kyle Harrison, right? I get it, but it's the difference is Juan Soto for one season, and he he is a Scott Boris client, and those clients of Scott Boris do not sign extensions with like the idea. If you could make this trade and know with some degree of certainty that you would then be able. Because you would be the only team that would be allowed to negotiate with Juan Soto at that point because he wouldn't be a free agent until the end of the year. That you would be able to extend him for like 14, 15 years. I have questions about his defense and and the Giants have emphasized wanting to get better defensively. So they might make an exception for Juan Soto given how much of an elite, 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 elite bat he is. But... Um, at the end of the day, if there's no, if there's like almost a 0% chance of an extension happening until he hits free agency when all bets are off and he could go wherever he wants, uh, I'm not giving up Kyle Harrison. I'm just straight up not doing it. There are, there's almost no, there are, there, there certainly would be players that Kyle Harrison would be available for, but it would be players who are not entering the last year of their contract for sure. I just am not doing that. So yeah, just shedding some money doesn't do anything for me unless they like, 
but this would never be the case. But unless it was like, if by shedding the salary of Ross Stripling, we are then able to sign Shohei Otani. One year, 12 and a half million isn't going to stop you from signing a $500 million contract. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I think I'm just going in circles here with just an emphatic no. Uh, for me personally, I think it would be a bad idea. And like, like, like the trade value thing suggests, just straight up Harrison for Soto is it, the model is probably going to reject it. Let me see. Yeah, it says although this uh, one side of this trade is giving up a little too much, there is still a high probability it would be it would be accepted if each team's needs are met. Well, nah. I, I mean, like it, uh, one team is giving up too much. That team is the Giants, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So anyway. That is all the time we have for today. There are a lot of great mailbag questions still to come. Uh, but uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. More mailbag questions. We've got questions about uh, between Yamamoto and Jung-Hoo Lee, which one would be the best investment at their predicted contracts. Brian Price's kind of old school comments, the new pitching coach, breaking those down and much more. Also, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thank you to everybody who has done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Hopefully something happens, but if not, it'll be fun nonetheless. Uh, so thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.